Hello, Health Investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Dana K. White. Dana is a decluttering expert and creator of the five-step no-mess decluttering method. She shares realistic home management strategies and a message of hope for the hopelessly messy in her books, Organizing for the Rest of Us, Decluttering at the Speed of Life, and How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind. Dana teaches her strategies through her blog, podcast, and videos at aslobcomesclean.com and trains coaches in her unique decluttering process at declutteringcoaches.com. In the episode, Dana shares how to declutter and organize, even if it doesn't come naturally to you, how to figure out your clutter threshold, how to deal with kids' toys, and more. If you're liking this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd write a review and share it with a friend. Enjoy the episode. I'm Brooke Simonson certified nutrition coach and your host of the health investment podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week I interview experts and share no nonsense research backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Dana. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Thanks for having me on. Avid listeners know that I am obsessed with decluttering and organizing. And sometimes I even leave the nutrition and weight loss space that I'm in to post little things that I believe about decluttering and decluttering and organizing, but I'm no true expert. So I'm excited to talk to you today and to pick your brain and to have you share your wisdom and help us all live our best decluttered, most organized lives. Can you tell us a bit about your background and specifically what led you to get into this decluttering and organizing space? Yeah, well, it is literally the last thing I ever wanted to do. Um, huh. I wanted to be a writer. And uh, back in 2009, when blogs were kind of a new thing, not totally new at that point, but I found out about blogs and I thought, okay, this is what I need to do if I want to be a writer. But I didn't start it. I actually found out about them in 2008. I didn't start writing until 2009 because my house was a disaster. And when I say a disaster, I mean like a legitimate disaster. And it was something I had always struggled with. It was something I had tried to get under control. And I thought, okay, I know how I am with new projects. I know I'm going to throw myself into it. And so I couldn't justify starting to write, which was what I'd always wanted to do until I got my house under control. Um, and then it was, it was a compromise in the beginning of, I'm going to write about this I wrote about it anonymously in the beginning, uh, just trying to get my, I was like, I'm going to use this as a way to stay focused, learn about the blogging world. In the meantime, um, you know, I'll get my house under control and then I can start writing about the things I actually want to write about. Well, it's now what, 2023 <laughs> as we're talking? I don't know. Oh, interesting. Out, yeah. So, uh, so what happened was, um, you know, as I 
was sharing what I was doing, what was and wasn't working, people started reading it and saying, oh my word, the way your brain is exact, the way your brain works is the way my brain works. And I have always also struggled. So what I thought was only my struggle, like I literally thought I was the only person out there as confused by this stuff mm-hmm. as me. Uh, other people were saying, no, I, I totally relate to this. And they started learning from me. And I was like, don't learn from me. Like, (laughs) please, please. If there's anyone to never learn about this stuff from it is me. And, uh, and that was several years of me resisting anybody learning from me. And then over time, what I realized was, you know, there's a reason why the organizing advice I had read before didn't work for me. It was because most organized people, you know, well, most organizing advice is written by organized people and their brains work very differently than my brain. And that's okay. Like it's fine. But I always felt like a failure when that traditional organizing advice didn't work for me. And I realized, okay, this is part of how I am. It's part of how my brain works. I just have to figure out what does work for me. And that's when I started to make progress. And so as I figured that out, I was like, okay, I'm not going to tell anybody how to have a perfect house. Like I am never going to be that person, but I can tell you how to go from completely overwhelmed to, okay, this is how I do this. Like this. Mm -hmm. And so I, I consider myself like the translator between organized people who don't know what other people just literally don't know, because maybe they were born understanding some of the basic concepts of this. And so I'm the person who comes in and takes just truths about organizing and I explain it to people and teach it in a way that that helps them be able to finally do this when they've maybe never been successful before. Right. How cool. I was a teacher for many years before I started my business as a nutrition coach. And what you said made me think of some of the best teachers of math, let's say, struggled with math when they were younger and they know how to reach the kids who struggle with math versus the teachers who are mathematicians. Yes, And they're like, here's the algorithm. You just do this, you know? Like, what do you mean you don't get it? (laughs) It's that word that you just said, just like that. So I actually train decluttering coaches in my method now. And the first thing we talk about is don't use the word just Uh. because if you're using the word just it's offensive to the person who's like there's no just for me Mm -hmm. this is not that this is not easy and so to understand that i need to explain to you actually how to do this we we avoid that word because it is it's it's hard when one person is like what Mm -hmm. how is this so hard versus the person who actually really struggles right and i think i fall into the camp of somebody who is just naturally organized and I just gravitate gravitate towards not buying a lot and getting rid of a lot all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've now kind of roped my husband into my world. So if I start getting rid of things, he'll be like, oh yeah, should I get rid of stuff too? I'm like, yeah, yeah let's do it. Course. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I I do think now that you've said that, I would have a hard time mm-hmm. teaching somebody else because right. I just do it it's not like I ever had to learn it myself. Um, right. And I love the title of your website. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, it's a slobcomesclean.com. It's great. It's, was that the original <laughs> name when you first started? Yeah, yeah oh, it wow. was. I, I actually called myself Noni in the beginning, which was short for anonymous, uh, because I, I, I had no intention of anybody ever finding out that this was me. Like I didn't, mm. that was not the goal. Because I really did think, I will get this under control and then I'll start actually teaching things that I'm qualified to teach other people. Mm -hmm. Um, But here we are. Here we are. And again, I think 
based on your story, you are probably the best teacher for this because you truly understand the mind of somebody who's really struggling. On your website, you say you help people with reality-based cleaning, decluttering, and organizing. What do you mean by reality-based? So, you know, it is really easy to talk in theory about all of this kind of stuff, right? And when we just mentioned the word just, you know, like, oh, just do this. Well, when you tell someone, oh, just um, just get the stuff out and then it will be easier for you to, you know, cook in your kitchen. If you just get rid of the extra stuff, it'll be easier to cook in your kitchen. That's true, right? But when the person like, hasn't even looked inside their cabinets in so long because there's other stuff piled on the countertops in front of those. That's not a just situation. Right. And so we don't, we don't oversimplify, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, it is simple. There are truths that are just actual real boiled down truths, but we're going to deal with the actual reality of things. Instead of just talking in theory about how things should be, we're going to go, you know, let's dive in and talk about how this plays out in real life. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of what I was doing in the beginning, especially was I would just try things and I would see, does this work? You know, like for example, uh, I think I'm the only person out here who talks about this kind of stuff, who does not tell people to do one load of laundry a day. Like most of the people who talk about this kind of stuff are like, oh, just do a load of laundry a day and you're fine. And I'm like, Except that that doesn't work for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like it just does not play out. I would do the load of laundry and I would think, okay, today is going to be the day I finally remember to actually, you know, go back and put it in the dryer and then take it out and fold it and all that kind of stuff. But then the next day I'd be like, oh, do the, and I would go and that same load of laundry from the day before was in there. And then I had to rewash it with vinegar this time to get the, you know, little musty smell out, whatever. But it's, it's like, it's fine to say that. And yes, that might work in a perfect world, but I don't, I'm me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I have to go with what actually works in my reality. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like my, my decluttering process is the no mess decluttering method. And it's all designed to actually play out in reality where most people who tell you how to declutter are going to say, okay, first you pull everything out of the space. And I'm like, no, I, I don't do that because in my reality, I turn around, I look at the empty space and think, yeah, that looks great. And then I turn around and see all the junk <laughs> yeah. I just pulled out and I'm completely shut down by that. Like I just get overwhelmed or I make all these neat little piles because, oh, well, in theory, it's going to be a lot more efficient if I make piles and then go deliver things throughout the house after I'm done with this actual project. But in reality, I get distracted. And then those little piles morph into one big pile that I then have to go back through again. And now the space looks worse than it did before because it used to be inside a cabinet. And now I've made all these piles out on the counter in front of it. You know, so it's, it's that kind of thing where it's like, how do things actually play out in reality? And let's deal there instead of all the things that should work if we lived in a perfect world. Right what you're describing it's there's so many parallels to the nutrition space i work with a lot of people who are trying to lose weight and how many times have they been told by their doctor just eat less and move more just the most aggravating advice ever because it's right. like okay yeah and in principle in theory some of that is true but what does that actually mean what is the nuance to that for your unique lifestyle what about protein and fiber? You know, there's so much more to that. 
And I think that's what you're really getting down to of, you know, a lot of the conventional advice. Marie Kondo comes to mind of just pull everything out and hold things in your hand. And what brings me joy, again, can work for some people. But for other people, it might just call, cause more overwhelm. And then that spirals into feeling like, I knew it. I can't do this. I, it's just not meant yes. for me. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of, I can't do anything about this. I'm going to be like this forever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. How would you say clutter impacts a person's mental and emotional well-being? I mean, what's the what's the purpose or reasoning behind getting rid of it in the beginning, in the start? Yeah. So I don't dive into a lot of this, to be honest, because um, I'm not a really, I'm not a fan of needing to figure things out before you get started. Mm. (laughs) I'm, I'm very much a, let's just start throwing away trash. And as you start throwing away trash and then move on through the steps of my process, you're going to figure out some of this, but you're also going to figure it out as you're being successful. And I think in the moment of being successful of, you know, I just threw away trash. So I I don't, I don't understand how it gets this way. I'm, I know I'm feeling anxious, but I, I know that throwing away trash is going to make an impact. So I start doing that. And then I see a difference. And seeing that difference and feeling successful makes me feel like, okay, now I'm starting to figure out as I go, if if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I just, I, um, I find that a lot of times people love to think really hard before they get started and try to have everything figured out, but you can do that as you're working. And then as you're working, you're going to be improving and, and, and start to, feel competent and start to understand I feel better because this space has less stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So the more stuff I get rid of, the better I'm going to feel, you know, um, but it is, it is a cycle, right? Because we feel overwhelmed by the mess, but then the mess continues to grow, which makes us feel mo- more overwhelmed. You know, so a lot of what I teach is breaking through that overwhelm and making progress anyway. What is your five-step decluttering process? Is the first step the trash? First step is trash because trash is non-emotional. It has no decisions to be made. Mm-hmm. So you're making progress before you ever make a decision. So when I talk about trash, I am not saying decide that this thing is trash, you know, that your mom has said, why do you keep that? That's trash. We're not talking about that. We're talking about obvious to you trash because it gets you moving. It also helps you start to see the individual items that you're dealing with instead of just thinking of it as a pile that you know has some hard decisions in it to make. So you're making immediate progress with the trash. Step two is easy stuff. That's anything that already has a home somewhere else in the house, but you it's here for whatever reason. We're not going to worry about why. We're just going to go ahead and get that stuff out, take it to its home. Everything that leaves, it gets a little smaller, a little less overwhelming. The next step is duh donations, meaning like, is there anything in here that I don't have to analyze at all? You know, that I can just go ahead and stick in the donate box because our goal is to reduce that pile, which reduces the feeling of being overwhelmed. And then the fourth step is my um, two decluttering questions. So the first one is, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? That's how I determine what the home should be for something in my house. And then I take it to that spot right now. Instead of putting it in a box to take later or putting it in a pile to take later, I go ahead and take it there, which then I face the reality of that space. Like, is there room for it? Mm. Do I actually already have 15 of these things? You know, I mean, like I'm faced with reality there. And then if I can't answer, where would I look for it first? 
I asked the second question, which is if I needed this item, would it occur to me that I already had one? Like, would I even go looking for it in my house? Because I didn't have a place where I would look for it because I probably wouldn't go looking for it, which means I would either do without, which is fine, or buy another one, right? Which is Mm. defeating the purpose. And then the last one is just to embrace the reality of the space. So I put like items together and then I get rid of my least favorites until they fit comfortably, usably, get toably, functionally in this space. So that is a very quick version of what my entire Decluttering at the Speed of Life book is Mm. all about. So like, again, you know, it's that like, some people are going to hear that and go, got it. I can do this. And a lot of people are like, wait, what? Yeah. It made sense. But what I'm like, oh, I have all the words because that was me. I'm like, I didn't need someone to solve my problem in a quick list of, oh, just do this and you're fine. No, no, no. Uh We don't do that. You know. I want to take a quick break from the episode to tell you about a company I've been impressed by for years. Thrive Market is an online shopping platform that offers thousands of products at 25 to 50% off retail prices. For just $60 a year, you get access to a wide variety of premium pantry staples, supplements, beauty products, and home goods at unbeatable prices. To put things in perspective, I save about $20 to $30 per shipment, which means my annual membership fee pays for itself after just two orders. My favorite part about Thrive Market is that for every paid membership, they donate a membership to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. So not only do you save money on your purchases, but you also make healthy products accessible to everyone. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market, or just click through the link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. And already you describing that you are so unique compared to other experts I've interviewed on here and other conventional advice I've heard. I mean, how brilliant just to start with, I call it like low hanging fruit, Mm -hmm. you know, the trash or the duh, or the second one was the easy stuff, easy stuff. Just put it away. Yeah. That's really the first three steps. I think you could feel very successful yes, and not have to do a lot of thinking at all. And so a duh item, would an example be if your kids are now five and seven and you have baby toys lying around? Okay. Yeah. But, but at the same time, they are literally the only things that I just see it and I say, duh. Because, mm-hmm. because we can also have that, oh, I can't get rid of my kids' baby toys, you know? So it's like the, the two decluttering questions will take care of that. So in the duh step, skip anything that isn't just an actual duh, this can go. Okay. Because then I'm going to use those questions, which will answer anything that I need them to answer as far as like, if I was looking for this baby rattle, even though my kid is now 17, you know, like (laughs) where would I look for it first? And for some people that's going to immediately help them realize it can go for other people. They're like, well, I would look for it in that box in the attic. Okay. Well, let's take it there now. Well, sometimes just the thought of, well, I don't actually want to go to the attic. means Okay. I'll stick it in the donate box or, you know, so it's, it's that reality of we work through this and we don't, we, we acknowledge the emotions, but we're not going to use the emotions to declutter because Mm -hmm. that would mean I would hold on to everything. And yeah, I mean, from the Marie Kondo, I think she says, you know, does this bring me joy? 
the baby rattle, when you hold it, it might bring you joy because you're thinking of the memories, but that doesn't necessarily, I mean, she probably has other steps too that I'm leaving. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But I know that's one of them. And I know with clothes that can help me sometimes. So she says, you know, if it's itchy or if it's tight fitting, it doesn't really bring you joy. And so that can help me get rid of things sometimes if I'm like, oh, maybe I'll wear it next year. But if it's itchy, the reality is I'm probably not going to wear it ever. Um, if I, especially if I haven't worn it in a long time, but for other objects that does this bring me joy question could be a little more in the gray area and maybe not as helpful. I like yours are just very practical, pragmatic, realistic, like you said. Yeah. Reality-based. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of ads. I mean, we just were recording this after Cyber Monday, Black Friday. There's all these kind of gimmicks of, you know, space-saving designs and here's a storage solution. Why is buying more storage and space-saving containers, I mean, the container store, for example, why is that not necessarily the best way to go about things? So one of the biggest realizations that I had was that decluttering and organizing are not the same thing, Mm -hmm. but we tend to think of them as the same thing. And when we think that way, it, it causes problems because when you're organizing a space, like I would look at my house, my house was a disaster. And I would say, obviously I need to get organized, right? But when I'm thinking organizing, the first thing I would do was to make a plan, right? Like I would I would make a plan or I would go order or go out and buy containers for things like little bins and stuff like that. Because I thought, well, I have all this stuff. If I'm going to get organized, I need to have some kind of an amazing system for all my stuff. Well, when I started, I was so overwhelmed that I thought I was giving up by saying, I am, I'm just going to worry about decluttering right now. I'm not even going to worry about organizing. I'm just going to worry about decluttering. And when I switched that mindset for me, that's when my house started to improve. Like that's Mm -hmm. when my house really truly changed because first of all, there's nothing to do before you declutter. It is literally just getting the stuff out that doesn't need to be there. Right. And so Everything that left my house, I would look at a space, it was completely packed full of stuff, and I would just get rid of the excess. And then all of a sudden, what I had left was functional. And I knew what I had, I knew where it was. And it was all the all the the things that I wanted from organizing when I thought I needed to get organized, but I never could achieve when I was actually trying to organize. But in reality, when I decluttered, I achieved all of those things just by getting rid of the excess. And so Mm -hmm. it's rarely about space saving. You know, one of my biggest concepts I teach is the container concept, which is I did not know what containers were for. I thought containers were for putting things in. They are not. They are meant to serve as limits for things. And I didn't understand that like a container actually is supposed to contain things like Hmm. set the boundary. And so when I would put something in a container and then I had more stuff left over, I would go buy another container and then I had more stuff and I would go buy another container and then I would go to put those containers on the shelf and they didn't fit on the shelf. And then I would think, okay, well, then I need more shelves. Right. Hmm. And so eventually I couldn't fit any more shelves. And I was like, well, I need a bigger house. My problem is my house is too small. Right even though my house was bigger than my friend's house that was beautiful and under control, right? (laughs) So it didn't make any sense, but it just, that was my logic, right? And so when I realized that 
okay, containers are meant to serve as a limit, then I was able to to look at things differently and realize, okay, I just need to get rid of whatever doesn't fit. And then it became less emotional for me too, because I didn't have to assess the value of each item. I would look at it and say, is there space for it? If there's space for it, I can keep it. I don't have to Mm -hmm. justify why I'm going to keep it, but if there's room, I can keep it. But if there's not room, I have to let it go. Right. And so I'm not rejecting it. I'm not saying that this item isn't valuable. I'm not saying that I don't appreciate the memory attached to it. I'm just saying there is the reality of this space. And Mm -hmm. I wish I could keep it, but I can't because there's just no space. Or something else in that container would have to go to make room for that thing. Exactly. That's something that I'm a big proponent on of when I bring something in, I feel like something has to go because I very much do see the space as containers. So not everything can fit. Right. And I, so I remember, I always tell the story about having been at like a mom's group meeting when my kids were little and there was a speaker on organization and somebody said like, what do I do when I get a new pair of socks? And she said, oh, just one in one out. And everybody nodded like, oh yeah, of course that makes sense. And I nodded, but I had no idea what she was talking about. Like Mm. I literally, the thing that went through my brain was, what good would it do for me to get rid of one pair of socks when a new pair comes in when my sock drawer won't close anyway? Like that, that was how I, like, it didn't make any sense. So until you understand that space is finite and is the boundary that determines how much stuff you can keep, then you can't understand the one in one out. Right. Uh And so you have to understand the container concept before one in one out can make sense. Even if you don't need to have the container concept actually spelled out for you, because a lot of people are born knowing that, right? Like naturally organized people get it, but people we're wonderful people. Like we don't see boundaries. We don't Mm -hmm. see, you know, we're like, we're, we're lovely, but it doesn't play out really well in our home. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting. So it seems like decluttering is a necessary first step before you even think about the container concept and the organizing piece, just getting well, the stuff out that you don't need. The The container concept is part of the decluttering. Got it. Okay. Right. But also after what, how many years has it been? 14 years at this point, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm fine with just decluttering. Like I literally would rather just declutter the actual shelf until the point where it only has on it, what I can see immediately when I open this cabinet door and I can reach it and get to it. I would prefer that. And just to have that little stuff in there so that it's functional without any kind of, you know, tools and bins and things like that. I mean, I will use a bin if I've lived with a space that's been decluttered for a while. And I realize, you know, what would be really helpful here is this specific thing in this spot, then I'll get that. Mm-hmm. But as far as like, okay, I've decluttered, now I'm going to organize. I'm like, I can actually just live with it being decluttered and I'm fine. That's a really good point. I feel the exact same way. I have it, When you said that, I was like, wait, that's exactly what I do. I have a friend, I posted a picture once of my pantry and it's decluttered, but it's not organized. It's mm-hmm. there's no, you know, clear jars of pastas and flowers. And this friend messaged me on Instagram and said, I've got to take you to the container store. We got to organize that. And I just had this adverse reaction of like, no, I don't want to spend hundreds of dollars 
on little bins and things. I'm totally fine with it. The way it I is. also don't want to take everything out of the package the minute it comes home. I'm no. like, I'm fine. I'll just have less stuff. I'll, I'll be fine. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. On the subject of less stuff, I'm sure you have to do some mental work because if you're decluttering, if you're still bringing stuff in at the same pace, it's going to get recluttered immediately and it's just going to be this vicious cycle. So what type of mental work do you do to not bring in as much stuff? So a lot of us who struggle with this tend to be the types who throw ourselves into things, right? So throwing yourself into decluttering is a great thing. And the best antidote to bringing in clutter is decluttering because the more you declutter, the more you, I mean, it's not fun. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, it's lovely. And you can just, oh, it's no, I mean, like, it's going to rip your heart out sometimes when you find something at the bottom of a pile that is now crushed and ruined that you thought was an amazing deal and you brought it into your house and you realize I've never used it. It ended up getting ruined. It's caused me all of this heartache. And now I'm having to actually throw it in the trash. That's painful, right? The more that I experience that, first of all, my house is getting better. But as I'm out there at the next garage sale or thrift store or wherever, I see all these things that are basically the same thing I've just purged from my home that I went through all of that pain with. And so now I have a reaction. I have an aversion to that stuff. So I, it's, it's the best way. I mean, it's, it's like when you get sick from eating something and then you never want to eat it again. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's that same feeling of like, no, that looks cool. And I remember the old days when I would have thought, Oh, I've got to get that. It's only 25 cents. And now I'm like, no, I, I'm just going to end up having it sit there, make my life harder. And then I'll have to, you know, throw it in the trash eventually or donate it again if it survives. So many things you're saying. I've never known why I feel these, this way, or I've put, <laughs> I've said things on social media and I guess I don't come across right because people are like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? But I get that exactly. I mean, I've gotten rid of a crock pot. I've gotten rid of an Instapot. I am the type of person who cooks with a skillet, a pot and a sheet pan. And that helps me just mm -hmm. reduce the decision fatigue of what gadget do I use? And then I have to find a recipe for that gadget. I cannot handle that. I will post that I don't have an air fryer. I don't have a Ninja Creamy. I don't have an Instapot. I don't have a crock pot. People lose their minds. And I'm like, I'm not saying you should not have these things. I'm saying for me, when the next gadget comes out, I, I have what you described. I have an aversion to it. I'm like, I know what happens when I buy that. It sits in the back. I spent however many hundred dollars on it. I never use it. And then I feel terrible when I have to give it away because it's happened so many times. Yeah. Let's talk about clutter threshold because that's what makes me think of when you're talking about that. So it's okay, one of my yes. made up terms. It's one of my made up terms that I made up. And it it is the point at which you personally can easily keep your home under control. So it's the amount of stuff that you can handle. And it's different for every person. So like my mother has a very high clutter threshold. So she 
can have a lot of stuff in her house and it not turn into clutter. So I'm not talking about the preference for how much stuff you have in your house. I'm saying she can have all the gadgets and all the things and she keeps them put away and she knows where they are and she puts them back and she can she can take something out of a cabinet that has five things in front of it. She can take it out of the cabinet, put those five things back and then, you know, not where I grew up with this mentality that I was supposed to have everything I could ever need for any situation. But I didn't know I have a really low clutter threshold. Like I can't handle that. So I would bring all these things into my house. And when I went to go find something in a cabinet that had five things in front of it, those five things would topple onto the ground and I wouldn't put them back you know, that's just not me. I'm just not. And so you have to acknowledge that you have an amount of stuff that you can easily keep under control. So you have realized that about yourself. You've realized this is what I can handle. I can't Mm -hmm. handle anymore. And this works for me. And sometimes it, you know, adjusts for different phases of life when life is crazy, when you have certain age kids, you know, it's like, okay, I need to have less stuff now because I just can't handle as much, but it, it's really important to understand that. And the only way to find your clutter threshold is to declutter because Mm -hmm. as you declutter, that's what happened to me. And that's how I realized it was a thing is I would get rid of stuff and got rid of stuff. And then I looked around my house and I was like, Oh, I can do this. Like Mm -hmm. I am not broken. I am not incapable of keeping my house under control. I just had more stuff than I could handle. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in evidence-based sustainable weight loss. If you're ready to stop yo-yo dieting and start living a healthy, active lifestyle you're proud of, I'd love to work with you in one of my programs. Unlike restrictive, one-size-fits-all diets that only provide short-term results, I help you adopt science-backed nutrition and lifestyle habits that work for your unique likes, dislikes, and time constraints so you can lose weight permanently, have high energy throughout the day, feel completely in control of cravings, and stay consistent long-term. To learn more, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram and TikTok at The Health Investment. When you describe that, it's brilliant, by the way. I think I have an extremely low clutter threshold. And I also find that people are very judgy about it. Is that something that you find you encounter? Or, I mean, I'm like, it's like I'm supposed to have a lot of stuff. And by not having it, people think that I am judging them. Or I don't know, it's this weird thing, but people make comments to me all the time. Like there is something wrong with me because I, I have a very low clutter threshold. Yeah. Um. So I feel like people know me enough to know, you know, cause I'm like, Hey, this is just, this is what I figured out, you know, but I, I know what you're saying. And I'm sorry that you've gone through that. Cause that really <laughs> is frustrating. It really yeah. is. And I, I do think that, that people feel like these are the things you're supposed to have. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have these things, then you're not living life to the fullest or whatever. Um, and, and for you, my hope is that I can give you the language and mm. you can say, I, I can't handle it. Yeah. No, because when I say that to people, when I say, I wish, cause my mother-in-law, oh, she loved to give me stuff, right? She didn't want it in her house, but she would love to give it to me. And when I switched from saying, you know, no, thank you, which was like, why is she saying that? Whatever. And s- instead said, I can't handle it. It puts mm-hmm. it all on me. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to say, you know, it, I think it's great. I am not rejecting the intention. I am not saying that this is not good stuff. I, you know, but for me, I can't handle it. That's awesome that you can handle it. I, I just can't, I've realized that about myself. You know, I don't know yeah. if that answers your question or no, not. No, that's helpful. And yeah. it's again, so many parallels. It's the same type of stuff I do with nutrition when there's, I call them food pushers and people will push, you know, you have to eat this, or you have to try this. And if you don't want it, you know, there can be a lot of pressure of, oh, I have to I have to eat this because they're offering it to me or mm-hmm. they made this. So I have to try it. And if you just say, I can't right now, you know, I'm I'm really full right now. I can't handle another thing, maybe in a little while, you know, there's different ways to navigate it. But you do kind of feel like this guilt sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, all I, it's not like I don't buy things. So that's the other thing is I will buy things and then people will make comments of like, oh, you're not a minimalist anymore, I see. Or, you know, just which at this point, I honestly don't care because I am so much happier just living the way I do. And I have to live yeah. in this space. So I don't well, really care. I'm not a minimalist. I uh, I know sometimes people equate decluttering with minimalism. And I'm just always quick to be like, I just... I just want to be able to function in my home. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I write books and I do YouTube and I have a podcast and I do all these things. And I'm like, I'm able to do that because I have my house decluttered to the point where I don't have to be worrying about my house all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's like, I want to put my energy and my time into these other things as opposed to that. And sometimes, I mean, you have a podcast, you have a business, you know, I know, you know, that a lot of times people in your life look at what you do and don't acknowledge the amount of effort that you put into it. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, oh yeah. you know, they're just like, Oh, you get to write books. That's neat. And I'm like, do you know how incredibly traumatic it is sometimes right, to like right. sit there and literally, you know, but it's like, so sometimes you just have to go, they're not going to understand, but you do just, you're like, Hey, I'm just, I, I want to put my time and energy into something else as opposed to, you know, the stuff. So that's what I've decided and realized for myself. So. Also speaking to that, I work from home now. So I'm literally in the space 24 seven and trying to get work done when there are things all around that are kind of sucking my energy. I saw somebody on TikTok post that everything just by science and nature and the way the world is made up, everything has energy. And so what you're speaking about this clutter threshold, if there's too many things around you, they're kind of sucking the energy out of you. And I can't get work done in a space that feels very cluttered. Other people might be able to, other people work outside the home and they don't, they're not sitting in it all day. So I just think there's so much nuance to this that. Well, and I, I do want to say, because I know there's people listening who relate to this, but I, I do feel like one of the issues, like as far as, you know, your personality versus my personality, like some of this is more natural to you than I've kind of had to work it out and figure it out. And, you know, but a lot of the problem for people like me is that we can work and be productive mm. in the cluttered space. Like we are fully capable of like ignoring that and zeroing in, but we know it's there. And at some point we look around and we're like, <gasps> oh my word. You know, so it's like we've been zoned in on something else. And then we happen to look up and see that it is a total disaster. And then that's where we feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start. So like that's my whole processes are designed to help you break through that overwhelm. I was going to ask, how do you know when 
you've exceeded your clutter threshold because maybe you are not only surviving, but thriving in a lot of ways. So how do you figure out what your clutter threshold is? And if you're living in a home that's too cluttered for you. So the five minute pickup is the key. Now I do want to say like most, I, I always tell people, I'm like, I am never here to convince you that you have clutter because if you're listening to me, you already know you have clutter. So, you know, one of the things that would frustrate me when I struggle with this would people would be like, I'll help you here. Let me tell you that you have clutter. And I was like, oh my word. You know, I mean, I'm sure you run into this in the nutrition yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. It's kind of like, I'm sorry. Like, I remember Oprah saying, we're talking about nutrition, but I remember her saying one time, because I watched all of her stuff when I was young. Of younger, course, right? yeah. Every last one. But I remember her saying, like, it is so offensive when someone would like explain calories to her. And she's like, mm. I know more about calories than you will ever know. I am fully percent. aware. Yeah. And so, so I don't ever want to be like, how do I explain to someone that they have clutter? They know, right. They may not want to talk to you about it, but they know. Right. So what was the question? I'm sorry. Oh, just how does somebody know? Cause <laughs> okay. again, yes. yeah, the clutter of, sometimes my clients come to me and they're like, I actually yes. feel good in my body. And then when we have them start eating a different way, they're like, Oh, wait a second. I actually yes. didn't feel good. Yes. Now I feel good. So how do you know when you're yes. not feeling good? So the way, the way that you measure, am I under my clutter threshold is does a five minute pickup get things back under control? Hmm. Okay. So the five minute pickup is magical. It's not because it's work, but it's, it's magical. Like it's literally five minutes. You don't have to do anything first. You don't have to catch up on anything first. Like if you do a, if you're completely overwhelmed and you do five minutes of completely throwing things away or taking things to their actual home every day, you will slowly start to see, see your house get better. Right. But after you have been decluttering for a while, you keep doing that five minute pickup and you start to realize, Oh, I do my five minute pickup and my house is back under control. That's all it takes. Like uh, everything is in place after five minutes. That's how I know I'm under my clutter threshold. It doesn't mean that my house never gets messy because I have the personality that gets caught up in something and turns around. It looks like a bomb went went off. Right. Mm -hmm. But if a five minute pickup can get it back under control, then it's like, Oh, okay things have a home doesn't mean they don't get out of their homes, but five minutes gets it back under control on normal days. Right. It's like, so that's how we measure that. This sounds stupid to say, and I've told people, and again, because they don't understand my clutter threshold, they don't understand. And now I'm going to just say clutter threshold a thousand times a year. Cause I love that so much, but I don't have kids yet. One of my biggest fears about having kids is how people will just tell me, oh, you don't understand though, all this stuff. You have to have a ton of stuff and they get so many toys. And I just feel, I feel like this weight on me when I think about it. And I think about all the toys that people give you and all the things. How do you manage clutter with kids at various ages? The five minute pickup. I mean, oh. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it really comes down to that. And like, as you have kids, which my kids are now 17, 20 and 21. Okay. So my kids are older. When I started this whole process, they were three, five and seven. So, so I feel like we've kind of grown up, but I also had those years of total chaos of like junk everywhere that we couldn't have their friends over and stuff like that. Right. So I, um, I mean, it really, always comes down to what can we handle, which is going to be different at different ages. As they grow, they can handle more stuff, but the five minute pickup is how we do this. And especially for those listening who are, who have kids that haven't ever done the five minute pickup before, you know, 
oh, they're going to pretend like they have no idea where anything goes and it is not going to be fun in the beginning, but it is so worth keeping on doing it partly to prove to them you really only mean five minutes. And this is not like a cleanup before grandma comes over, which is Mm. a whole house overhaul, right? (laughs) But, you know, it's like, what can we do in five minutes? Oh, it's taking us, you know, we're not getting this under control in five minutes. We need to get rid of more stuff. So it gives a very definite answer to are we under our clutter threshold? Can mm-hmm. we handle this amount of stuff? We do a five minute pickup. Maybe it's a five minute pickup just in their space or whatever, but it's like a, a young toddler can put things back, right? But they can't put it all back at the end of the day in five minutes. And so we just need to have less stuff until we can get it within those, you know. And how do you communicate to people your clutter threshold when you have kids at birthdays and holidays? Yeah. That is the question, right? I mean, like <laughs> it is. It, and it, it ultimately comes down to the one in one out rule. Um, you know, and like I tell people too, I'm like, be grateful. Just just be grateful. You know, we're not gonna resent gifts because mm-hmm. that completely defeats the purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you can you don't have, you know, some, okay. So the one in one out rule, once you understand that space is finite, this is all the space that we have. That means that the new thing comes in and you say, okay, what do you want to get rid of to make the space for this? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the answer is, I don't want to get rid of anything. I don't want that new thing. Right. And that's kind of hard, especially if you're the one who got this child a gift. Right. But I had to come to the decision that I was like, it's their container. If they don't want it in their container and I think we should keep it, it has to go in my container, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, I have to find my place in my stuff where it can go. Um, And, and it takes time, especially if you've been overwhelmed, but for you, I mean, like, that's the beauty of people knowing that you don't like a ton of stuff, right? (laughs) Is that once you have kids, they're going to know, and you can kind of set it up as, you know, this is the space that we have for toys and, uh, you know, and with kids, especially it's, it works really well. I would say with me and with kids and with husbands, you know, it works very well to establish the space and say, this is the space that we have for, um, you know, hot wheels or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is the space. So put your favorite ones in first, which kids enjoy doing. Doing that right like they like picking out their favorites and putting them in there and then as they're doing it you don't have to explain the container concept from this lady on the internet you know you just say put your favorite ones in first and whatever doesn't fit we'll have to give those away mm. you know? and it's amazing how well it works for children and for everybody but it's a lot of it is the fact that i'm giving you a space and saying i know this thing is important to you here's a space for it mm-hmm. and then we let them make the decisions about what goes in the the space. Cause you can keep anything. You just can't keep everything. I also love the idea of putting it on the space. Yes. Versus, yes. you know, I don't want you to have that or, you know, making somebody out to be the bad guy. It's just, it's very non-emotional. It's just. Exactly. It eliminates the, the power struggle, takes the power struggle out of it, takes the emotions out of it. And it's just a fact, you know, and like I always tell moms, I'm like, be sad with them. Like mm-hmm. if it's, if their stuffed animal thing is full and they find this one, the answer is always yes. Like, oh, but I love this one. <gasps> Absolutely. You can keep it. Which one do you want to get rid of to make the space for it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to do that. And you're like, oh, I know, but that's the space. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, give them a hug, let them cry. I mean, it's, it is not, we're not saying it's 
what's the big deal? You should do that. We're saying this is reality. And, you know, isn't that all of parenting is just learning to accept reality and teaching kids reality and to accept reality. So I'm yeah. sure too, you can do so much modeling yeah. yourself, you know, if Absolutely. you bring something in and you say, wow, I have to look at my space. This new thing can't fit in my space unless I get rid of something. And, you know, kids always want to be grown up and emulate what adults are doing. And so I think also what a great lesson to teach them moving forward, even just about money, you know, when they get to be old enough to have an allowance or to make their own money of thinking about purchases and making special purchases and thinking about, is this really worth it? Do I have the space for it? I think what a valuable life lesson. Yeah. Yeah. One of the final questions I ask each of my guests is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? I think accepting yourself and what is actually realistic for you, um, kind of like the clutter threshold, like saying, you know what, I, I don't have to do everything the way that other people do. I don't have to do what people say I should do. I just need to find out what actually works for me. Because if I, if I try so many times when I felt like a failure at something, it was because I was trying to do things the way that people said I should do it. And if that was never going to work for me, I was just, it was just a self-defeating process from the beginning. Right. But Mm. to accept that, okay, I can figure out ways that actually do work for me. I just have to acknowledge myself and my own, you know, way that I am. Yeah, for sure. Where can listeners follow and find you? I am all over the internet, but I'm, I'm Dana K white. Uh, You can also search a slob comes clean. I have a YouTube channel and a podcast and, um, newsletter, all that kind of stuff. If people want a printable of my five-step process, you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash five, F-I-V-E, and uh, get that printable there. Awesome. I'm going to link to your YouTube podcast, your blog, your book, yeah, all of the things. I can't wait to delve into this more myself. I mean, I honestly, I've actually never said this live on a podcast, but I would say this is one of my top five favorite episodes ever out of 200 something now, probably because it hits very close to home for me, but it's a topic I really love. But the way you describe things and the insight I'm walking away from this podcast with was just mind blowing. So I just can't thank you enough for being here. I'm so excited to share this episode with my audience and I look forward to staying connected off air. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.